Margaritas, it's pro lacrosse player and most recently Sports Illustrated swimsuit model Alex Ost. We're talking fitness, balanced lifestyle, losing her athlete identity. What is next after sport? Did she ever deal with body image issues? I cannot wait to have this conversation. Here's my episode with Alex Ost. So, how I found you, my husband gets Sports Illustrated, like the swimsuit issue came and I was like, nope. And I just like took it and I'm flipping through. And I was like, Sterling, Virginia, we just moved from Leesburg. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm in Atlanta now. And I was like, what? Like I say Northern Virginia, but everyone always thinks like Arlington or like Tyson's. Totally. Like, nope, keep going west. Keep going west. <laughs> keep on going. We actually have a ton in common. I didn't have um, a three sport career in college, but I was a D1 soccer player. Right. And I wrote my book, Squats and Margaritas, about my journey after soccer. I played since I was four and I ended up like we were back-to-back state champions in high school. I was a captain like my junior and senior year. I never came off the field. So when I got to college, I was like, all right. (laughs) And then I wasn't playing and I was working my ass off like all summer before going there. I came in and won all the fitness stuff and just didn't get playing time. And I ended up quitting and I didn't realize till when I quit, like how much I identified as a soccer player. And that was like my value. And it was like, well, what the hell else am I going to do once that was gone? And I want to start talking to you about like how long you played and what that transition you think that will be like, because you had three sports. I'm sure you identify as an athlete when you're not um, gracing sports illustrated swimsuit edition. So yeah, I felt like we could talk about that. That's the only way I valued myself. Like soccer was my value, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like a tough thing to realize. And I think every athlete goes through it. It just depends, you know, when it's going to happen. Like we're not going to be able to play the sports we love until we die, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, my fiance is a professional lacrosse player now and I am dreading the day that he has to hang up the cleats. I'm like, he's going to be the biggest baby, like not understand what, like, at least like as women, we kind of like post-college I had that little bit of a hit and like now I'm getting I've just had to find you know value in other ways but I think males take it a lot worse we have way more in common than I thought my husband uh played in the NFL for nine years and they say for an NFL athlete like I mean obviously like he played a long career it is it is but you retire at 32 and then you're like well I don't have a resume. How do I no, make like, I, exactly? I was like, you've never had an interview. You're just linebacking is like your, your job. Like you've never had a network or like, and like he's coaching now, but it's usually like jobs that I like hear about because he's never had to do that. And yeah. he described it as like a death, like a, a yes. death of your athlete self. And it's kind of like NFL players. I know go through it. Cause I know a lot of wives that talk about it. Like you've always been looked at as an athlete and you've always had like your life structured. It was like offensive meetings, defensive meetings, and then it's just over. And especially yeah. if you're not knowing it's coming, like for me, I, I quit. So I wasn't expecting to just be done. And it's like you're the thing that you're most passionate about. And then it's over. And I want to talk about like, do you have plans for like life after sport? I mean, are you just going to be a swimsuit model? <laughs> because I think you may have a future in that because you look outstanding. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. No, I think it's a great time. I mean, I, I love speaking about this. I think it's, it actually... I love doing these things too. Cause it helps me like, you know, actually think through it and answer kind of these questions yeah. for myself, you know, and, and I'm such a person that 
has to talk through things. It's not always that I'm asking questions to like get advice. I'm just trying to like process, process. Through, <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, those things. So yeah, I think it's an awesome topic and I think it's really important to talk about. And you're 30. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you probably have, I mean, you're not, it, it's not like the NFL where like 32, 33, like, I mean, you could play. Longer. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I, I definitely feel it. Like I definitely obviously feel a lot different than when I was, you know, 23, but I do feel like my body is my body right now. Like I think when I was, when I was in college, it was definitely the first time I had ever really lifted that way. I was eating a lot more. I, yeah. I would, I was putting on weight and I felt like I fluctuated a lot throughout those years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then post collegiately kind of having to do it on my own and not having a strength and conditioning coach, not having a team around all the time. Um, I, I would say like, it's weird. I feel like you, I kind of live my life in fours, like in four years, like I'm a freshman, a sophomore, junior, senior, those years and post collegiately, I felt like the same way right out of college, no idea what to do, no clue how to kind of self-motivate two years out, kind of understanding a little bit more and really like figuring out what works for me. And then kind of those next two years, kind of getting into my later twenties, I felt like more in shape and strong and powerful than I did when I was in college. So weird. It is like, I'm kind of like three years. I would say 27 was like my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my game has had to change a lot to like conserve and not, you know, killing myself every single workout to feel like that was a successful workout. Like I think, I know, I'm sure, you know, like that's as an athlete, that's how, what, how we train our minds is I need to be dripping sweat, dying out of breath, heart rate through the roof yeah. for me to kill myself for mm-hmm. me to have a successful workout. Whereas now I just have to be a lot smarter. I can't do that seven days a week. I have to take recovery days and I need to, you know, be smart about what I'm putting in my body. So, so I think it, it takes a lot of trial and tribulation, but I don't know. I don't know how much longer um, I feel great this season. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Did you have that time? Like was the uh, professional lacrosse league up and running when you came out of college or so how did like, was that, so you didn't see that coming. You didn't think like, well, one day I'll play professionally. Did you go through any kind of depression or. Yeah. So, um, for us forever being on team USA was kind of like the professional ranks. That was was it. That was like the highest level. And it still is the highest level that (laughs) you can play for. So right out of college, I got called up to team USA and that was kind of what I was working for was those training weekends together and to make that world cup team, which was in 2017. So four years after I graduated and if you would have asked me when I graduated, which is so funny, because I think in your 20s, you think, oh, my God, 25, 26 is so old. And you're like, now that I'm 30, like, you, I was such a baby. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's all so relative. Like, I think once you get past that, it's almost like I was more scared to turn 24 than I was to turn 30. I don't know why, but it, it just, it's kind of like a mental shift. So, yeah, I played on Team USA right out of college for a while. And there's been multiple different professional leagues that have kind of come and gone. And, but yeah, when I first played for the UWLX, which was the first ever professional women's league in my kind of generation, um, I would say I was kind of using it to prepare for team USA. It was kind of like a way to be able to still be on the field be with people yeah. And, yeah, and train. So this summer, and this league, I think without having the world cup this year, this has really put a lot of like hype and it really feels like a professional league. But yeah, like if you would have asked me when I was, you know, eight years old, I would have never been like, I'm going to be a professional lacrosse player. Like I would have never thought that that was even in this That's realm. Yeah. Because like women don't have the same opportunities. Right. Like I did an interview the other day and the guy was like, did, did your coach have to have like the talk with you? Like only a few of you will make it past college. And I was like, 
we're women. Like there wasn't any, and I'm about to be 40. So I'm older than you. There, there wasn't the women's league actually just, it was like when Mia Hamm was playing when I like there was, but nobody thought they were playing past college. Like you didn't, I just didn't think that I would not be playing in college. And I did, I wasn't used to not playing in it. I feel like I have a problem with fair. Like it wasn't fair. And then I, I mean, I feel like I am uh, self-aware and it was like, if I did not earn a spot, like it would be one thing, but it just didn't make sense to me. And when I quit, that's when I realized how much sport meant to me. And I didn't realize, I was just like, why not? This is bullshit. I'm not playing. I'll quit. And then it was like, you'll get this. Cause it sounds so like trivial, but like I was living in the soccer house and they would like go to games and I'd just I be like, bye. And then the worst thing was that I couldn't go to the athlete building anymore. I had to just like work out at the student rec. And it I was, I was like, it was weird. <laughs> like it was, I didn't like it. And my life like spiraled downward from there. It was like depression, eating disorders, bulimia, yeah. everything. Because I had, I put everything into that. That was my value. Trained obsessively. I'm first born. I don't know if, are you first born? By yeah. chance? Okay. <laughs> so I have three younger sisters. All of us play college soccer. Nobody was like obsessed like me. Like I yeah. train all year. They'd be like, oh, we got fitness tests. Like they just didn't care. But, and they all had like successful careers. And I was like, oh my God, like just so obsessive, which led to the eating disorders. Cause I equated like thin and healthy, like uh, fit as better for soccer and right. everything was for soccer. And then when that thing is gone, I, I mean, I was lost. I was like, there was nothing else because I poured everything into that and I didn't have anything right. else you know, you, you have to, and like, obviously at 30, like you, you've got it more of a, like, I'm sure you said you're getting married. You're engaged. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. When you're getting married. December. Oh my gosh. Soon. Did, was it like a COVID reschedule that happened to my sister? No, it always no, was. God, no, no, thank God. We did. I was not a COVID bride okay. um, so I've been, I've been really lucky. It's been so awesome and easy to plan. So then you like transition into like family, like you yeah. have, it's all kind of, you've got it figured out. <laughs> But I, I saw something that you were saying about, um, it was like an interview you did about training with people that make you better. And it's like, people step back from those things. And I would like totally overthink things like at my gym, if we had like a fastest mile or something, I would think about the women that I knew were going to be like, and I'm sure they didn't think about it at all, but like all week I'm like the fastest mile, but training with those women. And like, I would see moms that ran faster than me. So I couldn't be like, well, I have two kids, like whatever. And they are lift heavier than me. And I embraced it. And I started training with them and I am like training at a higher level because I trained with those people and I didn't shy away from it. And I saw, you saw something similar, like don't shy away from those things. Like that is what makes you better. Totally. I mean, I think I, I learned that at a really young age. I think, uh, my dad was awesome in this, but he always put us on more competitive teams or always yeah. put us, in, I had to always train with boys. I always, oh, yeah, nice. it was something to, that was just so instilled at such a young age that I never, I never expected to be the best anywhere that I was. And it almost was like some Jedi mind trickery that my dad was doing, but it worked because I, I, mean, yeah. I did karate when I was little and there was no, there was no girls division. So I was sparring boys when I was six years old, seven years old, eight years old. So I never really grew up having that like insecurity of, of losing. Like I really didn't have that fear of failure, wow. especially when it came to training, just because I failed all the time. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like just another day. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. and don't, don't get me wrong. Like I hate losing. I hate losing so much. Same. I mean, we lost on Sunday this past weekend and I was a nightmare. Like I, I actually had to like Same. pull myself aside and be like, I need to, I'm irrationally angry right now. Like I need to take a chill pill. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think that it, it's, 
if you have to like figure out what fuels you. And I think for me, it's always competition that always fuels me. And of course it's fun to win, but the, the fear of losing, not the fear, the, the no, risk I know. thing. I'm the same. It's what makes it awesome to win. You know, <laughs> like if you knew you were going to come in and, and always win and always be the best, like it definitely would get, it doesn't get old. Winning never gets old, but <laughs> it would def- you would never get better and you'd never grow. And I think I've just never like that. Those butterflies I get of like the nerves, I have to like, I just, I always have equated that to, I care. So I don't know. I, I've always kind of been that way. I mean, I can't, t- I'm not going to sit here and say that it hasn't held me back in some realms. I think sometimes, um, you know, I, I've gotten insecure cause I feel like, Oh, they're too good. It's, it's unreachable. But I think even just like learning little things, you're never going to like, like, we don't learn anything from winning. I know we like think we do, but we don't, I, I you can ask me about every single yeah. champion, national championship, ACC championship world cup game. Like I could not tell you one thing that happened in that game. Not one. Cause I'm just, you're in we the won. flow state. Everything's working. You're happy. Yes. You hold up the trophy at the end, but every game I've lost, I could tell you exactly where I turned the ball over exactly what, why, why we lost. Cause it makes you reflect. And I think, I think that if you just use losing and failing as like a learning tool, then you're only ever going to get better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think collegiately it is hard to do that because there is playing time on the line. There's so much on the line, right? Like you feel like, if I get exposed or if I get beat or if I'm not, if I'm failing a run test, like coming out, that, that is going <laughs> to, that's going to prohibit me from playing on the field. And that's yes. where I feel my worth is from actually playing on the field where if you actually like work on yourself and like, and really like put yourself out there, it's different in every situation. No. I felt like my coaches at Maryland really like saw that and believed in people that were continuing and not scared. Cause those are the people that were mentally tough that were going to be able to go out and play in a game because I've never seen a perfect game in my entire life. Everyone messes up in games. So it's how you're going to respond to it. Um, you know, instead of just kind of keeping yourself in that comfort zone. Yeah. That like perfectionism and like, oh, never really satisfied. Like you have to win. I have that. Um, I think it does have a lot to do with birth order. Did it ever turn into something like negative with like body image or eating disorders and share whatever you want? Like I know you share everything too. Like, did you ever struggle because you like you had to have the perfect figure like growing up or like as a teenager? So I think for me, I would say, I would, again, I mean, I credit everything to my parents. Like my mom is Thai and so she- she, I mean, fought for everything. She's one of nine. She's the oldest girl. She left her home at 10. And I think wow. we've just, oh, I've always been super grateful, um, for the life that we have. And so I think gratitude has, and like meditation has just been something that's been in our family since we were little and food. Like I've never, I've never had a negative relationship with food. I think because of her, because she didn't have anything to eat growing up. So we we've uh, had that kind of instilled of like generational and cultural, um, behaviors, but For me, it was more so I think where I have kind of struggled and always crashed is definitely like saying yes to too much and and spreading myself a little bit too thin and wanting to be the best in every single thing I do. And, and it, and, and being uh, not being okay with it physically, not being possible. And I've come to, and and I've hit my breaking point. Like, I think, you know, I, I want to do it all and I want to do it all to the absolute best of my ability. And I struggled with a lot of anxiety um, and depression because I wasn't giving 
my all because I wasn't filling up my cup. And I think it was really, really hard for me to learn that um, because I'm a people pleaser. I want to be everywhere. I'm social. I want to hang out with people. I want to, I want to be able to go out with my friends till 3am, but then work out the next day and be able to play on the best team. It's not possible. And it took me a really long time to try and find that balance and, and really self-reflect and check in with myself because I've just always lived my life super fast and saying yes and doing everything and chasing fun that um, that's not really what's going to make you like a high performing human. And it, and it's, it, it, it def- I definitely struggle still to this day of just having to say no and having to like Same. think about what, what, what are my goals? And, you know, I've read so many books on Michael Jordan and, and everyone's saying like, you can't be amazing at all these different things. You have to choose one thing that you want to win at. And I have a really hard time with that mentality because I want to win in everything that I'm doing. And I'm Alex. sure you feel the same way as a mom. Yes, everything. Yeah. I have so many things and I don't want to delegate because then it's like, no, I can do it. I want to be able to say I did all the things. If I, if I give it to somebody else, then it's like, well, what are you doing? Like you didn't, you had to, she helped you with that. And it's like, no, I got it. Just so I could say, I peed my pants at a orange theory, one mile run because I had just had a baby and I was like, hell, I'm not being second. And I knew they were going to put the the numbers up on the board. And I was like, I was, I was feeling it. So I just hit 12 and I was like, mentally, like I'm going to win. And I knew I was going to pee my pants, but it was like, it, I wasn't going to be second. And, right. and that's good in some regards, but like, yes, no. it also led to like, I am in therapy now for my anxiety. I, I was just shaking my head, like nodding everything you're saying. She said, I'm hypervigilant. Like I cannot just chill out. Like for me right now, like, especially with this move, it's things around the house. Like if there is anything still unchecked off, I can't calm down. I can't not think about, it. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about things. I only feel accomplished when at the end of the day, everything on my stupid notebook, but there's 25 things is crossed off. And if it's not, it's like, oh, like I didn't. And like, my husband's like, why? And it's, it's not, I don't want to be this way, but I am like hypervigilant. Like I won't go for a run unless like the laundry is going or something else is happening. Like I want things always going. And so I am like my kids, like it's bath time. Come on. Like, and they're all like, they'll check me sometimes. They're like, mommy. And I'll be like, why am I, why is it bath time right now? Why does everything have to be? And so I'm in therapy for my anxiety and my, because I'm like, I can't just relax. Like I can't, because there's so many other things to get done. He's like, who's telling you to get these things done? Like, why do you put this pressure on yourself to like have everything complete? He's like, I don't come home and be like, the house isn't clean. It's, it's me. And I I don't know. And you're figuring this out at 30. Like I'm just, I'm about to be 40 in a few months. And I am just, when you're like, I don't want people to be mad at me or like, you want to please everyone. I'm still like 10 years ahead, still dealing with that. Like, I don't, I never want to let anybody down. And I was there, I was out as an athlete, like I remember like our state championship, like I went up for a header. I was defense and I headed the ball. This girl fell down in the box, penalty kick, oh. scores go. I just got goosebumps. And I like, I was like, no one look at Like, I felt like right. I, I took it all. Like, I, I just feel an obligation to like be the best and not let anybody down. And it's exhausting. Right. And it has brought me to therapy. <laughs> and it's overwhelming. And I it's know so- like Mark and my fiance, he like sent me this meme or something. It was like something about being a Scorpio. And I was like, when you're just crying because you're overwhelmed and that's literally like, I don't cry, but I will like, tears will come if I'm over, if I have too many I things know. that I need to be doing. But I think the hardest, the struggle for me, and I think women in general is we don't ever want to like sacrifice or, or put something above something else. Like we're not like, yeah. whereas like, I'm not, I'm not saying that we ever should put ourselves above something else or put even yourself above your kids, but yeah. it's like, 
that is life. Like life is you have to make decisions. You have to make choices. And we only all have the same amount of hours in our day that, yeah, sometimes I won't do the dishes or I won't clean my room and it'll look like shit and I can barely sleep, but like sleep is more important for me in that moment, you know? And it's like, I think for me, I've struggled with just kind of deciding and, and not, not hurt it, like getting upset for making the right decision or wrong decision and just like living with life and like understanding I'm not perfect and, and we're going to make mistakes, but we're just going to keep rolling with it and trying to be flexible. It makes me feel so much better to hear you say that you feel this way because you just seem like the most genuinely happy, optimistic, like your Instagram, like, God, like you're just chill and Zen and happy. Yeah, I am pretty, well, I'm like, it's very internal. Like I never vocalized my anxiety ever. You have to act like you have it all together. Yeah. And I think I'm, I am an oversharer, but I, I, I've honestly fitness and, and sports and my teammates and my friends have really helped me out with all of it. Like, I think I just, I know the tools. I think that's when I get most frustrated with myself. Like I know the tools that I need to do to make myself feel better. So like no excuses, stop, you know, just, just flip it around and, and, and do those things. Cause you know, I know I can get myself out of it. And, but I will say going to therapy, having Marcus as a partner, having my sister always around the helpful things is just like being able to voice it. Like, I think a lot of the times I never want to be a burden to people and I don't ever want to sell them like, Hey, I'm just not really up to it because I am kind of that energy person always. Um, but it's just checking in with myself and just like, it's, we're in this bubble right now. Yeah. And asked me today, they were like, Alex, like, are you even staying in the hotel? Like I've only seen you like three times. And I'm like, well, and, but it's because I have to protect like my sanity and my peace. Like, yes, I want to be down playing poker with the girls and at the pool all day. But like, yeah. I, sometimes I just need to be horizontal with some trash <laughs> television on and just like, numb it out. Cause then trust me, come game time, I will be hype. I'll be in there dancing. Yeah. I just know myself now. Whereas I think I don't, I didn't know myself as well before. And I would have been like having FOMO wanting to be being friends with everyone doing everything. And like, it kind of made me suffer because then I, I break like, cause I can yeah. push pretty hard for a long time, but then everyone kind of has their breaking point. So now I just try to catch it before I get there and, and, and really, you know, fill my cup up before I, I allow myself to kind of give so much to other people. And not worry that if you're not down there with them, they're not like talking about you or not like what's wrong with her. Like I would always be like, I just go down or they're going to think I'm pissed off or something. Like I was such a, like, and even though I wanted to lay down and watch TV, I would just do it so they wouldn't be upset. Like, oh, I have like, want to do I have like text back anxiety. Like if I don't text someone back, right away, I feel bad. And now I'm like, no one texts me back right away. Like, why am I like, I know. And you're not mad. Yeah. I know. And then I'll, it'll be like, sorry. I didn't see it. I actually, I went to bed early. Like you owe them an explanation because you don't want to, I was wondering when you were talking about that, like, do you ever feel like pressure to be that energy hype woman and happy person for everyone else? Yeah. Like, I think, I think it's naturally who I am. So it's not, it's not something that like I ever have to really like force and put a face on. I will say even on social media, like I really am who I am on social media. And I think that that's the only way that I could ever survive this world of social media and being on a team is because if I was going to try and be someone I'm not like, that's when like the insecurities would set in. Like, I think at this point, I'm like, this is who I am. If you don't like me, you don't. And that's okay. But if like, I was trying to be someone else and trying to be perfect and you didn't like me, I'd be like, Oh God, like I'm trying so hard, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, so I, I, I don't really feel the pressure of it. I think it's, it's who I am. And I also think like, I'm just so grateful, like you said, to still be like playing the sport that I love and, and living And, and every single time this past year, especially I've gotten really overwhelmed it's been because like I'm living the life that I've like dreamed and manifested love. So like, 
I gotta have to check myself and be like, yes, it's okay to be overwhelmed, but also like buckle up sis, because you literally asked for this. Like you literally wrote down in your journal, you wanted to be doing these things. So, so yeah. yeah. And I think those can change. Like, I think you can achieve what you dreamed and then be like, wow, that actually isn't for me. Or you can be like, yes, this is exactly what, you know, is the path and I want to keep going. So this year was definitely like a lot, (laughs) but I just couldn't, I I don't know that I've had a chance to like sit and slow down and be like, reflect really on it. Cause I'm kind of just still on like that hamster wheel of just like next thing, next thing, next thing. Yeah. So that would be like the next 10 years of my life, but I don't know. You manifested like your whole life, like what you wanted to do. You manifested Sports Illustrated. <laughs> like you're like, Literally. I'm just gonna. Oh, I haven't really talked about. It. I'm gonna put this out there, and then you're in Sports Illustrated. Like, what other woman can say that? Like you, you're gorgeous. You're you have everything lined up afterwards. You're gonna get married. Like I think just like sitting back and just looking around and like at what you have and just that gratitude. I mean, you have to. You know what? You have to be happy every day. Yeah. Nobody has that life. Yeah. Well, and I will say though, like I have like a one, a couple, all my girlfriends are around the same age as me. None of us have kids. Like my best girlfriends, none of us have kids Mm -hmm. and it's a really unique spot to be in. Like, I feel like, and we, we know it. Like, I know that like, I don't take any day for granted here because I'm like, I, if you would have told me at like even smallest things, like if you would have told me at 22 that I would be living the in a, the apartment I live in with a Peloton bike, I would be like, holy crap, where'd you get a Peloton bike? You know what I mean? Where it's like a simple, like I think we kind of just keep going and like- Yeah, so the next, like, what's bigger? Yeah. Yes, yes. Instead of just sitting back and being like, uh, me five years ago would be like really jealous of me right now. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, I try to just like keep that mindset and just really be like excited for every opportunity I get. And I, and I am like a firm believer of like what you put out there comes back to you tenfold. And so like, you have to put yourself out there in order to have crazy awesome opportunities come back to you. If you kind of stay in your comfort zone and always are just doing the same things, then nothing new is going to change, you know? So no. Yeah. I mean, it's unique. It's definitely, I've always been this way though. I feel like I've always kind of just been like, Hey guys, how do you feel about this? And everyone's thinking, thinking I'm crazy. And well, it's working for you. We didn't even talk about like, how does one end up in sports illustrated swimsuit issue? How did that come about? Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, you're a sporty girl too. Like sports illustrated was the only magazine I even cared about growing up. Like I was not girly ever girly in the sense of girly when we were growing up. Like I really did not care about those things. I cared about athletes. I cared about sports. I cared about like my dad, we went to every single like wizards game growing up or Redskins game growing up. Like that's just what we did. I've always felt like on teams, I was definitely more feminine. Like I felt like, but I felt like I could never really show that side of myself. I felt like I was, you know, fierce and competitive and kind of like wanted to be taken seriously. Like something as stupid as like putting mascara on, like I feel more awake when I put mascara on. I like looking, I just feel like that's my, like one thing I don't put a face and makeup on, but I always put mascara on. And like, I would be like embarrassed to put mascara on in front of my friends before a game. And it's like, who cares? Like if I want to, like, it's, it's what I want to do and how, and how I want to dress and how I want to feel what makes me feel good. So I can play well, you know? So I had a really like weird identity of like not wanting to seem like I cared about things that weren't cool to care about when you played sports. Yeah. And, 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 And it goes both ways. Like, I do feel like women, we are like, we do have to like, when we're filming something fitness related, like I do have to have a cute matching set on and I have to have my hair this way. And I don't, yes. and I do like, if we didn't have to care about that, how much more, how much more time we could spend on actually being amazing and, and our craft, of course. But yes. there is part of me that like genuinely likes 
some sides of that. So I always felt like I kind of had to hide that side of myself of being more feminine, being like sassy and like sensitive and wanting to be sexy. And I would kind of like cover it up just so I fit in, just like fit into the mold. And I really have always like wanted to even consider myself being in that magazine, but never ever said it out loud because I was like, in what world could I ever be in sports Illustrated swimsuit? I'm not a supermodel. I'm not, you know, an Olympian. I'm like a very, I would say, I mean, I'm taller, but I'm like an athlete. Like I have a very typical athletic build and I work really hard for it, but none of it is for aesthetic reasons. It's so that I can not get knocked around on the field and I can (laughs) score a lot of goals, you know, exactly. it's It's not to look good in skinny jeans and a crop top. Like I've never, you know, I've never had the time to even work out to have aesthetics. Like it's always been for a sport. So yeah, I mean, 2020, they did an open casting virtually. And I just kind of was like, I just had this pull on my heart of like, why not? Like, who cares? Like, just be you, you speak. I speak so much about being authentic and putting yourself out there and getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Like this is literally the most vulnerable thing I can ever do is put myself in a bikini and like take videos and photos. So I did it. And I felt like what, what gave me so much confidence was just really fine tuning my why and feeling like I was speaking for so much more than just Alex Oz. Like I was speaking for athletes and for lacrosse players and for Asian American women. Like I was speaking for when you actually like think about yourself, not just the surface level and like mm-hmm. what you've gone through is your story. Then, then you feel confident to be able to put yourself out there. Cause it's not just you that you're representing. And it's not just you that wins. It's like everyone that kind of sees a piece of themselves in me wins as well. So yeah, I yeah, went through it and kept getting call, callbacks and castings. And I was like texting my like model friends. I'm like, what do I wear for a casting? Like, what do I do? Like, what do I say? And the coolest part about sports illustrated MJ and the team there is like, it's not like I, they saw me once in a bikini. Like we did a zoom like this wow. and they want to know you, like they want to know your story because they can pick the hottest girls in the world. They, they, they have the, the, the pick of the litter. It's not about just looking beautiful in a bikini. It's about what are you going to do with this platform? Who are you? Like they, yeah. they're really, really, really brilliant and, and smart and like choosing the culture and choosing the women that they want to back. So I'm very thankful for it because like posing and, you know, doing all that stuff. I was so new to me. Yeah. And yeah. So then I didn't even know I was going to be in the magazine until a week before they love to keep us on, on our toes. Oh my God. So, yeah, so got to see the magazine and see myself in print and it still is <laughs> for real. It's like, what the heck? Like for real, like how, but think about that little girl who is yeah. playing with the boys and doesn't want to put on mascara and wants to be tough. And is like, I can do this too. Like, look what she did. She's a pro athlete and, and in sports illustrated swimsuit. Yeah. And it's silly. Cause I feel like this quarantine too, like I, I feel like I came out of my shell a lot more on social media. Like I felt mm. like I was like filming silly TikToks and yeah. dancing and, <laughs> and I like, I don't know, just not taking myself as seriously. I feel like, and I think Instagram has really kind of shifted that way, which I love. Like, I Man. feel like before it was like curated high res, everything needs to match. And now it's like, people just want to see who you are. And exactly. I like, I can't tell you how many DMS I got from dads that would be like, you and Marcus dancing makes my daughter and son so happy because they take life so seriously that they realize like, Oh, even these people at the top of their game are like dancing to a silly trend in their yeah. living. Like It's okay to like have fun and do what calls to you. And it might not call to everyone. Not everyone needs to be, you know, a jester on a social no, media. It but calls to me. I like TikTok a lot. 
<laughs> I found it in the, in the pandemic too. It's so funny when you're saying that. Cause yeah, I, I really always took myself seriously until like very recently. And I wonder if there is like a correlation there. Like people are all stuck at home and it's just like, screw it. Like just yeah. do what makes you happy. And, and then like, once you do it and you start like, I can't stop. Like, I'm like, I gotta do more. And like, you feel more like 100%. yourself. Yeah. And it's people like relate to it. And like yeah. that thing is, I feel like it's, I was saying this to someone the other day, I would post like a high res took me forever photo that was like on a photo shoot. People would respond, but not really. I post like a selfie of me and Marcus, like just smiling. And it's like, yeah. everyone's like, oh, and it's like, I just think we're so fast, you know, this fake, not fake, but this curated life that people view. And, and we're really just interested in what makes people tick day to day and, and, and whatever people are willing to allow into their life, you know, on that side, it's, it's really cool. Like that's, I can't imagine growing up and having like the athletes that I looked up to having them like post a selfie with their family. Like I would have been like, what? Oh my like, God. like, or their bedroom or their, um, like their inside their fridge. Like you'd yeah. feel so like, Oh my God, like such access to them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How cool that is that people get that for you. Balanced lifestyle is like everything that I preach now. And I, I don't know the answer to this. I hope you don't let me down, but, um, squats and margaritas is built on. Like I go hard in the gym yep. four or five days a week. Um, much harder than I used to work out. I thought I used to go hard, but now I like push myself less time and yeah. I drink cocktails daily and I'm in the best shape of my life Love it. about to be 40. And I spent my teenage years anorexic. And then I went through bulimia depression after college with soccer and then it was like restriction and couldn't drink right. wine because it's sugar. I was 20 pounds heavier, Alex. And now I'm happy. I just like women to speak on a balanced lifestyle. Like someone that looks like you, are you like, no, 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 I can't have a drink. It's too much calorie. Okay. Can you speak okay. on a balanced lifestyle? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's everything. I think that it's interesting because another side of me is I felt like I really couldn't be myself and talk about kind of the vices that I allow myself to have because people are like, in what world could like, just recently I like posted something of like a TikTok of me just like in the club, like having a great time, like, you know, and yeah. everyone's like, whoa, like live life. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not saying you should show every single thing that you do and you don't have to, but it is really cool. As someone that I think does this really well, and she's been a friend of mine since we were little, but Katie Austin is so oh. good at like being honest. She's a, she's a fitness personality literally fitness is her job. She looks amazing and she drinks like five days out of the week and like tells you how to get over a hangover and tells <laughs> you like how to, you know, and it's like, thank God, like, thank God we're not all out here saying that like, you can't have a morsel of sugar if you want to look like that, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think for me personally, I definitely went through, I would say restrictive phases, but it really wasn't, um, like for physical, like, like physical okay. reasons like mental. Like I realized, like, I just wanted to see, you know, myself a month without alcohol just because yeah. of, because of anxiety and I, and, and, and just dealing with kind of different things and just wanting to have like a clear, clean slate had nothing to do with how I looked, you yeah. know, but, but I think for me, I actually had this talk this morning. <laughs> I feel like for three years, I don't think I had a sandwich in my head. I had believed like gluten is bad. Like yes. I carbs eat. are bad. Yeah. Like I just didn't. And, and I, and I would feel up different ways this year. <sighs> I've been eating almond croissants every morning, sandwiches at lunch, like whatever I want. And, and I, and I look and feel the best I've ever felt. Yes. And I think, but I think it's also like you've been saying, Aaron, like it's, 
it's a hundred percent a mentality. And it's also like feeling confident and comfortable in yourself, not beating yourself up over it and not stressing yourself out, like eating whatever you want, drinking whatever you want and accepting it. And then moving on, like not beating yourself up saying like, Oh, if I have this cupcake, I need to work out for 75 yes. hours tomorrow. Like yes. that's not that cortisol spike that you've given yourself right there is going to hold on to that fat more than anything. Yes, It's like, just I'm with you. Like, I think, balance is the key to everything. And I think it's hard and it's different for everyone. And it's like, it's, it's, and it can change. Like, I think for me, I, I know, like, I know I like to work really hard and play really hard. Like that's who I am. Yes. Right. That's why I wanted you. I know I can tell like, and look at you. Like, I don't think people, I love when someone that looks like you just came off a sports illustrated swimsuit shoot is like, I drink or I have like, I'm not in, I would be in the gym seven days a week. If I was on vacation, I would be like, how, what time do I have to get a run in? Right. And it was, it was this obsession. My body was always in a state of stress, like right. and cortisol and just holding on to everything. And then I was starving. I was just eating salads because carbs and gluten and all the things. Yep. And I would live my life starving. Your body shuts off and it doesn't think you're going to feed it. It doesn't trust you. It's not working anymore. If you start yeah. eating again, it's like, oh, cool. She's eating and she didn't throw it up today. We're yeah, She's taking care of me now. Like if you and your body are like in line, which we weren't for so long because of all of my eating disorders are just intuitive. Like, am I hungry? Eat, check back in. Am I satisfied? Stop eating. And it sounds so simple, but know. for so long, it was like, I'm hungry, but I just had breakfast. I can't eat again. Right. Like I just had breakfast. Now I have two breakfasts. If I'm hungry, I eat another breakfast. You know, it's so funny. I actually, we listened to, we got the pleasure of listening to Victoria Garrick. She came and talked to us. Ooh. She said such a good analogy. She said, intuitive eating is like peeing. Like when you pee, you go pee. When you have to pee, you go pee. You don't think like, oh, I have to wait to pee till 5 p.m. Or yeah. I've already peed three times today. I can't pee again. Or, you know, yeah. like, that is so yes. like, Oh my God. Like, why do we care? And, you know, I think if, if you live an active, healthy lifestyle, like you do, or I do, and, and, and you, you know, listen to your body, then like, give it what it wants. It's going to tell you when it's full or when it's not full, or if, if you need to like take a load off and have a cocktail or not, like it's, yeah. it really is. I agree with you. It's it's so funny. And it's such a like superpower and secret yeah. that I, <laughs> I feel like diet culture just like, does not want us to know. Like, yes. Like, That's why I wrote this book because somebody at my gym, I was 36, I was 20 pounds heavier. And every day I'm on the, I'm running on the treadmill. And then I would leave and I'd never go to the weight room because I don't want to bulk up. Like, I do cardio every day. I'm burning my calories. I barely eat and I can't lose weight. And he's like, yeah, you need to eat more. Your body's starving. And I was like, okay, I'm going to eat more like me with my anorexic background and bulimia. Right. I started eating more and I lost five pounds right away. Like I was hungry again. And then he's like, you need to lift. And then I was like lifting like the tens because I just wanted to tone <laughs> and I didn't want to bulk up. And now I like, I lift like 25s and 30s and I have a muscle. I never had muscle tone because I just wanted to tone. You don't get tone until you lift heavy and women are not taught to lift heavy and they're taught calories in versus calories out, like eat your salads. But that failed me I know. for a long time women are not told that you're right. And that is my mission. Now, like you're frustrated, eat more, lift heavy, listen to your body and it'll all kind of just level out and you'll go to like the set weight you're supposed to be at. And then you can kind of eat whatever you want and right. it, you stay there. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier is I feel like that's why like 27 and on, I felt like, okay, this is my body. Like this is what 
I'm supposed to look like in like the healthiest version of myself. And it, and it, it's going to look different than what I looked like when I was 22 or even or even 19 in college when I was like deadlifting 300 pounds, like, you know, like tank, like, and that, that's just like, because I had to put on muscles to not get thrown around. Now it's like, my bones are stronger. My muscles are stronger. And I think like us just as like older women that like need to give back to like the younger generation is like showing them that like, we feel beautiful and confident, just as beautiful and confident as the freaking supermodels did when we were growing up, like when we were growing up, beauty was a size double zero six. Yes. Like you are an alien. Like you look like an alien. And like you want it to be, you tried to get that. You tried yeah. to be the, uh, that skinny, like bony. And now yeah. I'm in the gym, like hip thrusting, like trying to grow my butt, like how the aesthetic changes. Like now I just want a big butt and like, uh, like really like see muscle tone in my legs where before it was just like stick thin was what you wanted, but at right. least that's changing. It's not that stick thin Right. Like trends are changing so fast that I'm always trying to keep up with the trends and change my body to fit the trends. You're never going to win. You're like, yeah, then it means it's not even a thing. Like if it changes, what is the right type of body? It's not real. Thank you so much for listening to the squats and margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss an episode and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of squats and margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.